Welcome to the Video Insiders Podcast. My name is Carlos Pacheco. And I'm Joe Martin. And we are two sometimes grizzled old guys who used to work and still work behind the scenes on uh, many, many a YouTube channel. We like to talk and complain about, you know, what's happening on YouTube. <laughs> and if that is not a, an amazing sales pitch for this podcast, I don't know what is. So I am I'd... trying to make things a little bit more lively. I don't want us to have the constant same intro all the time. I like to serve right. right. that sort of stuff. Right. Anyways, uh, what's up, Tom? <laughs> the word, what is the word on the streets of Toronto? Uh, I would say it's, it's uh, Halloween is delayed. Delayed? Why is that? Because we're recording this on uh, November 1st, which is officially Halloween in Canada because there was a is weather really? issue. Really? Because guess why? Because of the weather. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Seriously. Your two favorite thing combining weather and Halloween. No, essentially, there's a couple of cities in Canada that delayed Halloween because the weather was so bad, which is dumb, but whatever. That's pretty. That's a pretty extreme step to take. Yeah, and it was just rain. Well, I made the um, I made a, a, a strange decision to um, I'm, I'm off to a, another conference next week, and I've got lots of work that I need to do, including taking my hour long presentation to down to thirty minutes, which is very hard, and then finding out that I need to do another version that's fifteen minutes, which is even harder. So Whoa. I decided to not go trick or treating with the kids. Uh, I sent them out with their mum to do the trick-or-treating, mm -hmm. so I had a nice empty house. I was very foolish because I was up and down the stairs constantly to my office and the front door because it was like trick-or-treat central. Yes. So very little work done. It would sound like I'd got loads of exercise by going up and down the stairs, which I did, but I was also taking a candy every time <laughs> I got to the bottom of the stairs <laughs> to invigorate myself. Awesome. So, um, that backfired. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I want to sort of add a little bit of a, of an insight on that when it comes to Halloween is that I listened to this awesome podcast called The Indicator and it's about, you know, the economy and, and, uh, it's from NPR. And they were saying that the trend when it comes to Halloween is that people are caring less and less about it. And there, there's less interest in Halloween in general over the last few years. It could be interesting to see in terms of Halloween content and trends, how that's evolved over the last few years on the YouTube side. Anecdotally, from this side of the pond, I'd say it was the opposite. Mm -hmm. I think we're getting more and more kind of American, mm. like over-the-top commercial people doing more and more trick-or-treat, more elaborate house decorations. Like when I was young, many, many moons ago, it was barely even recognized at all <laughs> in the UK. Whereas now it is massive. So yeah. maybe we're a few years behind the curve on the trend and we'll we'll fall off in a few years. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, but you you are being led by a bunch of clowns. So... <laughs> <laughs> No comment. Well, no comment. I'm not going to take. I'm not going to take any fancy dress tips from the Canadian. I'm being a little feisty today. Sorry. Yeah. Let's uh, never talk politics or YouTube. 
Before we get started on this very special episode, we'd like to thank our sponsor, TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is the ultimate tool for creators to streamline their daily workflow on YouTube, allowing for more time to make great content. For brands, you can use YouTube to help reduce busy work and focus on what matters to grow your business on YouTube. For agencies to help manage multiple client channels and for networks to give partners the tools for success and an attractive incentive for recruiting. And if for some reason you haven't already signed up with TubeBuddy, which is insane, Mm -hmm. then you can get an exclusive multi-channel discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. Thank you. All right. So this week, uh, we're switching things up. Yes, we do tend to talk a lot about YouTube, but uh, there are other platforms with video. And uh, over the last couple of years, LinkedIn has become basically what I would almost consider what I call personally the rich man's Facebook, meaning that the audience on LinkedIn is much more affluent, much more business focused. So obviously, they have much more money. But also by calling it Facebook, meaning that it's also, in my opinion, lots of empty impressions. But that's my thought. Yeah, Yeah, this was um, so just to tee up who we're going to be talking to today. We've got an interview with uh, my good friend and my go to LinkedIn expert, uh, Cassandra Thompson, who I actually met at Vid Summit last year. Um, She is an absolute. Uh, LinkedIn legend. She knows everything there is to know about it. If I've got a problem, I go to her. And I must say, this was a very, very selfish episode (laughs) for me because I definitely feel that LinkedIn is a place where I can grow my business. I think I get easily pound for pound more reach on that platform and more cut through than any other platform that me or my business is on. Uh, And also, absolutely, I've got much higher ratio of kind of my perfect customer mm-hmm. would definitely be on there. Um, so this was really a chance for me to kind of pick Cassie's brains, find out what I could be doing to really pimp up and leverage my LinkedIn profile. And I really think that you guys, by listening to this, are going to be able to take those same insights and, and do the same. I have to agree. I mean, there is a very business-focused uh, audience on LinkedIn, but I also have a little bit of a bone to pick with the platform that also, you know, sort of lets people upload almost anything on it and just game the yes. system for, for empty impressions. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be very interested to come back on the other side of this conversation, Carlos, and uh, see what you thought about some of my uh, opinions that I'm guessing are very similar to yours in like what you've just said, being a bit pessimistic on the state of what people are currently uploading um so we're going to flick over now to our um amazing interview with the brilliant cassandra thompson and we'll be back on the other side to add some more thoughts so today i am extremely excited and extremely privileged to introduce to you a good friend of mine who I met in person last year at Vid Summit and who I went on to find out is an absolute juggernaut when it comes to the world of LinkedIn, something that I and no doubt many of you are frankly a bit clueless on. You're probably like me, you've got an account, you're collecting some connections but not really sure what to do with it. But our guest today, Cassandra Thompson, uh, 
all the way from the United States is going to give us a masterclass and a bit of a uh, insight into what's going on, especially with video on the platform. So Cassandra, welcome to the Video Insiders podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to have you. So (laughs) we're going to kind of frame this not so much in terms of, you know, I've got a YouTube channel and my YouTube channel, for example, is teaching people how to do hairstyles. I'm not really going to be framing this conversation as how do I get my hairstyles videos more coverage on LinkedIn? I think more is the case of people that are listening to this are in the YouTube industry, the industry professionals, they're professionals in the video industry or in the media space, and they want to come across as experts, thought leaders, whether that's to just grow their network or grow their reputation, uh, or maybe people like me that want to generate leads a bit more. So we're probably going to lean a bit more towards that. And also you might even be able to convince me that creators should be posting their kind of more creative stuff over on LinkedIn. So, but before I dive in with all of my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about who are you and how did you get to become such a kind of power user and LinkedIn expert? Yeah. Um, so I have a company that's all about consulting and speaking on everything related to career. So I say I help motivated professionals build careers and businesses through practical tips. I will be honest. I am not your like, let me inspire and motivate to me giving actual tangible things to do is what motivates. Um, and so I've been... <laughs> there's not enough of us out there that give actionable advice. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, it's fun when you sit in a session and go, wow, that was really inspiring. It's like, okay, but what do I now go do? Um, so I love giving practical things. Uh, so I help people figure out their careers, like job search help, as well as have started helping businesses get on LinkedIn, helping people with networking, social networking, and really understanding how to use LinkedIn as a platform. And the reason that came about is because I am a career coach at a state university as well. And I was helping students do this for at least four years now. And about a year ago, realized, wait a minute, all these creatives aren't on this platform. They don't realize this platform is for them. Oh, I need to start educating in that area as well. So over the last year or so, I've started helping creative business owners, small business owners, just those business owners who are not on the platform, who don't think it's for them, realize, no, LinkedIn is for everybody. Okay. So what is it that... So a quick message for anyone listening to this that's not on LinkedIn... Why should they be on LinkedIn? Because it's a whole separate audience. It's the wealthiest social media platform and the decision makers are on LinkedIn. On top of that, I would say, unlike every other platform where you follow, on LinkedIn, you connect. So it's a it's a two-way communication and you can build your audience and get in front of your leads, your hopeful brand deals, whatever it is you're looking for, you can get in front of those people fast. I have got a question about that actually, because I actually, I actually have followers as well as connections. Yes. 
what on earth what on earth does that mean and does everyone have that i don't know why you would follow someone on linkedin as opposed to connect with them yeah everybody potentially can have followers most people have connections sometimes people will follow instead of connect because they're too many links away So you might not have people in common. There is a workaround for that, but people just don't know it. And so people then just click the follow button because that's the only one they see. Does that make sense? Uh, Okay. You see, already, guys, (laughs) mind being blown (laughs) by why why someone in the world would follow me on LinkedIn. I've got no idea. But I must say, I I kind of – I'm really happy to speak to you because, like I said at the start, I've really just been collecting – connections and i have this weird habit where every time i log in or open the linkedin app on my phone for whatever reason whether i've got a notification or a message i have to add three connections before i close the app or shut down the browser and that's probably led me to have some kind of crazy connections that i've probably got no business having but it's also meant that i found people that i forgot that i worked with ages ago or people that i've worked with really closely that i just never connected with but um yeah it's i but i just don't think that i'm getting the best out of it and i don't think hardly anyone listening to this is getting the best out of it because when i do post on linkedin i always seem to get a much better response and a much better reach than any other network that i post on whether it's promoting this podcast or sharing a job link or something like that yeah and also I can see who's reacting and the, the, like you said, those are decision makers. Those are people at companies that I want to work with, uh, have worked with and want to work with them again. So it's really, really powerful, but I'm just not doing anything yeah. on it like I should be. And I, I guess that's like a lot of people. Yeah. I think, well, I think it's interesting that you said, you know, oh, my reach gets so much farther on this platform, but I'm not on it as much. And I think it's because it's the one we don't hear about as much. That's why I realized, you know, no one was on it because, you know, when you start a business, you get all those Facebook ads for everybody's freebie of this or that. Yeah. And it's always how to do your Facebook ads, how to grow your Facebook community, how to reach people on Instagram, the hashtags you should be using. And it's all related to these other platforms. And I feel like LinkedIn is just starting to get its due because the reach is insane compared to other platforms. Because unlike, just to explain for people, when you post something on LinkedIn, like if I post something on LinkedIn today, and Tom, you go and like it, my post now shows up in the feed of your connections saying, Tom liked this. Because their, their thought is, if you liked it, other people will like it. So now what I've written doesn't just go to my people. It goes to all of your people, which Instagram does not do that. Nobody is going to that weird other page on Instagram and seeing what everybody liked, right? Definitely. So it automatically, your message gets farther, much faster. And has that been has that been quantified in any way? Are there any kind of public stats on the kind of uh, the comparison of reach between, say, like a, a Facebook page 
posting something and that same person posting on LinkedIn or even the amount of kind of general growth of uptake of people using LinkedIn? Okay. So I will be very honest that I haven't seen anything, but everyone I talk to says the same thing that no, it goes to so many more people. And like you said, you can see people don't realize the analytics show you, you can see where they work. You can see like how many people from what company, what titles, etc. But in terms of stats, the platform is growing massively. I think the latest stat was 500 million people are on the platform. 300 million are active users. But let's remember, that means that they scroll. Only 3 million post. Like, those numbers are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like there's yeah. 300 million people and 3 million posts. That means if you start posting and by posting, I mean sharing an article, it doesn't even have to be original content. Your message is going to get seen because it's not as high trafficked. You know, it's a two lane highway, not a five lane highway like Instagram. Like it's, there's so much more room for you to be seen by people. Yeah. And that's, you know, definitely, I know it's only anecdotal, but whenever I'm on LinkedIn, which probably is almost daily, um, I'd say for a short burst of time, I don't spend a lot of time on there when I do visit, uh, I'm kind of in and out, but I do always see the same five, six, seven people that are posting regularly. It's the same faces, the same kind of voices. So yeah, I definitely think if you can be consistent, you're going to show up to the to the people you want to be seeing, not just once, but probably again and again and again, because there's there's just not that competition for space on the feed. I'm sure. Yeah. No, there's not. <laughs> and um, obviously, this is a this is a video based show. So of course, LinkedIn have really started to push their their kind of video product, and they have done for probably the last year or two where are we at now with kind of linkedin video like in terms of what features exist that didn't exist because you know early on it was pretty pretty scarce what you you could you could do with video but you know we have recently uh, launched the live video section we'll we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit more detail uh, a little bit later but can you tell us a bit more about the kind of even like the basic kind of upload features and stuff. How has it changed over time? Because the last time that I uploaded a video to LinkedIn, you couldn't even choose like a custom thumbnail. You had to like, you had to add on a, the starting frame of the video, whatever you wanted to be the thumbnail. Is that still the case? (laughs) Yes, it is. And everyone complains (laughs) about that. Like, come on. Um, However, I will say I kind of appreciate that, Video is still, I say LinkedIn is still the wild, wild west. Like they're still figuring out what works, what doesn't, which means to me, it's way less barrier to entry, way less like pressure to get started. I think starting on YouTube right now or on Instagram, it feels like, well, I have to get this the exact perfect way. And is my thumbnail perfect? And is my title perfect? And, or like fitting all the rules and boxes that I've told I have to check to actually upload something good. And LinkedIn is still kind of like, Hey, we're all just trying things. So throw something against the wall and see if it sticks. Now, with that said, you can grab your phone and film something go in iMovie, you know, make or whatever you have on your phone, make a quick edit and throw it up on LinkedIn and you're fine. 
but there are some things you may want to do. So you can film straight from the platform. If you're on your home feed, you can hit a little camera icon and just film straight on the platform and they have stickers you can use and you can give it a little title banner. They come across a bit like Instagram stories. Yes. Yes. I recommend still just use your phone and make a quick edit before you do that. But, you know, I do like that that features there because if there's something you feel like sharing and you're on the fly and you don't have time to do that, just just post it. Um, use that feature on their platform. Key things are most videos right now that are doing well are between two and four minutes. I will be honest that I've had videos go up that are 36 seconds and they've still done well. It is helpful to still have a written post with the video just because not everybody can stop and watch you, but they still want the content. So you still need to give kind of a summary written with the video. And then if you can do captions, that's going to help. And they do have an SRT file now when you upload a video too. They have that option. So that got added. Would you recommend putting in the SRT or the subtitle file? Or would you recommend kind of burning hard, hard burning in captions into the video? Yeah, I've been, yesterday was the first time I did the SRT file on it because I've always just done burn in caption. I use quick. I love an automated (laughs) caption system. So I use the quick app and it just works really well. So that's the way I've been doing it because that's the other thing is you want captions, whether it's SRT or embedded, you want captions on it because same thing, not everyone can turn sound on at work. They might be able to watch you but they can't have the sound. So you still want those captions there. And I'm assuming that you, you have to treat your, sorry, your LinkedIn video a bit like Facebook video in that no one's really searching for video on the platform. Right. And it's probably going to last for say, you know, maximum 72 hours before it kind of disappears. Do you think that they'll ever, they're ever going to pivot to have more of a, a library, a, approach more like YouTube where people will be searching for like business tips or news on in certain industries? I hope so. I mean, you can use hashtags, right? Um, now they do hashtags and you can follow hashtags. And I do think that's becoming more of a thing to follow a hashtag on LinkedIn. And so if you're hashtagging your videos, they'll come up, but I would love for them just to even have for you to be able to keep a library of videos on your channel. Like right now I can't post, I can, you can upload a video and attach it to your profile, but I would love for there to be kind of like going to somebody's YouTube page, you know, their, your channel page. I would love to be able to just keep five, you know, top videos at the top that I posted on here and just click on them. I'm hoping it's coming but they are trying, we have to remember, like, they're not just about video. They are trying yeah. so many different things right now to optimize this platform. Yeah, I um, I think I got added at some point to a beta program. Not sure how I got added onto it <laughs> for playlists. Do you, oh, know if that ever, do you know if that ever went public or does that? It definitely has not gone public yet. I will say, as we are talking right now, it's the second day of Talent Connect, which is LinkedIn's huge conference. Uh, Okay. And this is where they 
announce things. So we'll see this week what gets brought to light that maybe is new and different. I know so many people in different beta groups for different things on LinkedIn right now. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Just like YouTube, I, you know, especially when I worked in the corporate world, I was always on testing some kind of uh some groovy feature that i was sworn to secrecy about i don't think i was sworn to secrecy about the linkedin feature <laughs> i hope not it was i think a, you're okay pretty, yeah there's a pretty broad group of people that were using that but yeah definitely i think for someone like me who's looking to generate leads online and my perfect clients are within my network or just a, a connection or, or two away i definitely think that it's something that i really really need to focus on and i'll be coming back to you in a little bit for a, a few more juicy tips that you might have but what i'm really interested in in hearing about and one of the main reasons that i wanted to get you on and i actually wanted to get you on a lot earlier because uh i know how smart you are especially when it comes to linkedin but I wanted to wait for you to get the coveted access to <laughs> LinkedIn Live yep. that I do not have, uh, but I know that you do. So I'd love to hear about uh, your first experiences with LinkedIn Live from a side of logistics. How easy is it? How do the features compare to, say, a YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Instagram Live? And what has it meant to you in terms of reaching your audience on the platform? Yeah, um, so I... Got it about a month ago. I've done it a couple of times now. They don't have you. How do I say it? You know this better than I do. You have to use like an external or a separate streaming service for your live stream. Okay, so you need it's not some kind of service or software. Yeah, where I will say, like, I love that on YouTube, I can just click like go live on my phone and do it. I use StreamYard. I love StreamYard. It's super easy to use. You can add titles. You can add banners. You can add your company logo. Like It is amazing. Um, and I am not tech savvy. I went in Canva and did those things. And now I have what looks like a real show. So that's great. So their platform is really easy to use. And it was really easy to... I will say it was really easy to connect to my LinkedIn Live account, whereas trying to use some of those other streaming services to connect to YouTube, I am not tech savvy. Those were not easy for me. I still haven't figured them out. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that part was really simple. The one thing I have, I have experienced that's a little funky that I've heard others say too is that since you're using that other service... I can't see what people are commenting. So I will be like on my laptop doing the stream and I'll have my iPad next to me with the sound down showing me like also on LinkedIn to be able to see what people's comments are. Okay, so I can't yeah. see the running chat next to it the way you can on like YouTube yeah. or the way it'll pop up on a Facebook live or an Instagram live, um, you know, at the bottom. So that. I have still been figuring out and I think they're still figuring out, but it's still a great feature. And depending on what you're talking about, your LinkedIn audience might be the place you want to go live more so than Facebook or than Instagram or YouTube even. So for me, it's been really helpful and just a place to do something different. And how much do you think it is meant to you as a quote unquote LinkedIn expert that you're in this kind of exclusive group of people that have 
early access. Yeah, I'll be honest and say, I, th- I mean, full transparency, I think it gives a little bit of clout for sure. I mean, because yeah. people go, how did you do it? Like, I don't, I filled out the application. Um, the interesting part though is, so I will tell you that when you get accepted, they give you a list of, you know, rules and, and there's some terms of you need to be using it at least every other week. You need to go longer than 10 minutes, things like that. And they also say, don't go meta. You can't teach LinkedIn on LinkedIn. I always I thought it Fight Club. Like the first rule of Fight Club is there is no Fight Club. <laughs> I definitely don't use it in that way. I used it more, or I've been using it more to create a show talking with people about their careers. Yeah, but I definitely do think it does provide a little bit of like there's some clout to it. Of yep, that makes sense. The first few regulations, you know. They want people, you're on the beta program. They want people to actively test the platform. For sure. Having people not speak or teach about LinkedIn seems a bit of a strange decision, but I suppose it's because most people that would apply to be on the platform would include all of those people that would also uh, kind of mark themselves as LinkedIn experts. Yeah. And I think they're trying to see how are people going to use live? Yeah. And it just seems too easy to go like, well, I'm going to teach people how to use LinkedIn on a live. I think they really want to see like, how far can we stretch this platform? What sorts of things will people talk about if they get live access? And what kind of numbers have you seen compared to, you know, uploading a quote unquote regular video to LinkedIn? And does it automatically appear as a on-demand version? Does it automatically stay in the feed, go into the feed once it's, no longer live or once the live streams ended? It does stay in the feed, but I have also reposted a few days later. So you do get a link at the end of it and can repost and say, Hey, if you missed it, here's the link. Since it is a new feature and people are getting used to it and people are also getting used to like a live is now an appointment, right? So LinkedIn is similar to Facebook in the sense of what you were saying earlier. If people don't come on going, oh, I'm going to watch these videos right now. They're going, oh, I'm going to scroll my feed. So adding this live feature is a little bit of a new way of using the platform. I have seen pretty good results I've heard compared to some others, partly because I promote ahead of time and say... So people start seeing their feed. Hey, I'm going to be on on Saturday. Hey, don't forget, show up here Saturday. And so I show up and there are people there and the numbers grow exponentially through the day. I think part of it has to do with your promotion, how those numbers will go. I wouldn't be surprised. I've had people say their first live, no one was on with them, but they also didn't tell anybody they were doing it. And like I said, people don't just stop. I see people's lives all the time on my feed and I scroll by because... That's not what I have time to do at this moment. But it is, I think, gaining steam and it's giving a good way. While I might not be able to stop that moment, at least I know there's now long form content that I can go back to later. Yeah, I'd I'd say anecdotally from my point of view, I'm probably not on the platform long enough to catch someone going live. It's probably because I'm in a lot of my contacts are in the the States and I'm on a different time zone. But what I will say is my notifications, every time I look at my notifications, there's at least one or two people that have been live and I've been notified. So I'm pretty sure in terms of notifications that any of my contacts that have gone live and from what I can tell, there's about 
five of my contacts that are able to go live, I've probably got, I would guess a notification for every single time that they've gone live. And I don't mean a push notification, yes. but uh, you know, once I'm in the app, it will say uh, Gavin went live or Cassandra went live or uh, whoever it may be. So I definitely think there's some real kind of, penetration from notifications just like it was in the early days of facebook which really seems to have waned now and youtube of course now i've got a bit of more of a, a wider question here because yeah i'm definitely not a linkedin skeptic i really do believe in it uh i just need to get my butt in gear and create some more content for it but i would definitely say that i'm a live skeptic because I've never really, I've gone live a couple of times just to kind of test out the platform and see the experience. But I find that a lot of live streams are either done because the person doesn't want to edit. And this is not about, not about you at all. Uh Or because they just just want to take advantage of the increased kind of notification aspect but a lot of the times i see facebook lives they're pretty just unedited videos that didn't necessarily need to be live yeah i know that you take q a yeah um, so that does add an, an element that does need to be live but can you kind of preach to me and the audience why we should be going live when we when we do get that option to go live i partly agree with you i don't know if everybody needs live or if you're going to do it you have to figure out what that purpose is. Because yes, it shouldn't be just you going in today, I'm going to go through, you know, this skill set, or today, I'm just going to share with you what's going on with my day. Like, why do I need that? That's, that's not going to do anything. I think it's a great place, though, to have a show. Um, And that's why when I got it, I just thought, well, this is now going to be my interview show because I do think there's something to interviewing somebody live if you're going to add that Q&A component at the end. But I think that's the key thing is figuring out what is the purpose of live for you and then keeping consistent with that purpose. The videos I make on YouTube are not the same thing that I'm creating my live show for. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah, we, you've got a different mindset of what the audience should be doing and um, what action they should take and what they should get from the live, as opposed to a kind of piece to camera. Here are my five right. top, top ten right. LinkedIn tips or whatever it might be. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And just another technical question while we're on it: once you've completed your live stream, is it easy either via LinkedIn or via your streaming software to then get a copy of your show to put on YouTube or to put on iTunes? Uh, and do you have do you have current plans to kind of syndicate your show to other platforms as well? <laughs> yes. So right now, the workaround I found is there's a Chrome extension that I've used until StreamYard decides to do it for themselves, which I've heard is coming. It's a relatively new streaming service, but it's so easy to use. So I've been doing that. And then I have been reposting them on YouTube. And I had no intentions of making a podcast until I realized (laughs) this is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's kind of my next step is to figure out how to get it on iTunes. But I think like with most things, you have to figure out for each of us, right? We have to figure out what is our main platform and where are we going to do the most learning and where is everything else 
um, or maybe our two main platforms and where's everything else just additional. Yeah. So in terms of making it a podcast, it's going to be, but it's going to be more of a, I'm posting it and it's there as an option, but I'm not heavily promoting that way. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Cause I, I do think that people do try to spread themselves too thin and, you know, they automatically just record a podcast and then it has to go on YouTube, but then it probably doesn't get any v- listens because it's not really a podcasting platform. Right. So yeah, I, I do love that advice of not trying to be everywhere. So I just want to get some good general best practice. I think you should definitely be the person to publish the book on LinkedIn video when it's, <laughs> when it's a little bit more grown up, but what are some kind of quick tips that we can use to get more eyeballs on our LinkedIn videos, whether that's live or kind of pre-recorded video? Yeah. So I'm going to go back a little bit because you need to have your profile optimized mm-hmm. in order to have more people seeing you. Yes. Um, because your profile is what's going to make people want to connect, right? So I think the two things you need to be doing in the beginning are optimize your profile and then building your foundation of connections. I know a lot of people get strange of like, well, I don't want to connect with my family and friends on here. They don't do what I do. Okay, but cool. They Right. They don't do what you do. So they probably know other people who don't do what they do. Like you don't know who else they know. So build that base of people first with everyone you've ever worked with, you know, family, friends, classmates, past classmates, etc. And then with that profile, the key things that I tell people to start with on the beginning are you have to have a good picture. You have to have an SEO friendly headline. And if you want to have a background image, great. But the the two really key ones are make sure that picture looks like you and that it represents you well mm-hmm. in whatever your workplace kind of like style and culture is. So if you're in finance, yeah, you're wearing a, a blazer. But if you're in gaming, you're wearing a t-shirt, you know? Yeah. And then that headline to make it SEO friendly. So for example, you know, a lot of tech companies love to give titles like chief officer of fun, right? And it's like, well, they're the, they're the culture person. No one's searching for the chief officer of fun. So you have to figure out like, are you the in-house event planner? Like write whatever. And I know that's not what the people here that we're talking to today are doing, but just as an example, like you need to think through how do I put my title, but as terms people will actually search and then Add to it who you do it for. Who do you help? Do you help small businesses? Do you help people in the tech space? Do you help large corporations get more video views? Right? Like giving that is going to put you in more search spaces because you're niching down in some way. Yeah. I often have a bit of a rule of thumb where I don't accept connections from or never try to add people that their business, their job title starts with, I help people to, <laughs> or Interesting. I, help, I, I just have a, I don't know. I just have a pet peeve about it. And I also, yeah. I also don't like for some reason, and this is just me being a grumpy old man. Like when it's like 
my name's <laughs> like the name's John Smith and you're like founder of John Smith Industries. Yeah, no, that's well, that's just a big mistake. Yeah. The I help people, I will be honest, I'm not a fan of it, that either. I like using that as a way for you to draft on your own. I think sometimes we need that prompt of I help people. And then whatever that last part is, that's what you add in there. Um, But there definitely is some stuff going around right now, telling people to write it that way. But no, I talk with business owners all the time. If they'll, yeah, even if it's not johnsmith.com, they'll just put owner and then the name of the company, which is the default that LinkedIn does, right? It gives your title and your, your most recent title and company. So that's the default, but no one's searching for that. So tell me what you do and who you do it for. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. No one's searching for an owner of a business unless they're right. making a complaint. Or maybe if they <laughs> or if they want to pitch you something which you probably want to avoid like the plague anyway. So yeah. Right. I see it a lot of the time like founder or owner. Yeah. Right. Those two things really need to be done. There are other profile things that you should do. If you need help with that, I do have a worksheet on it. You can find it at linkedinallstarprofile.com. I made it really easy. I really need, I need that so badly. If your profile is at its best, it's called an all-star profile. So that's where that it's linkedinallstarprofile.com. But once you're kind of getting that part down, first off, just if you haven't used the platform much, just start scrolling it every day. Like I like that you said, I'm on it a couple minutes every day. I think you have to do that for a couple of days just to get a sense of how people post Yeah, on LinkedIn and the kind of things they're posting about. To me, I think you can post anything on LinkedIn as long as it's through the lens of professionalism and has to do with your business. Yeah. So, you know, in the beginning you said you know, we'll see if you can get me to understand why creators should post. If you create videos about dog training and your business is dog training, you should post your latest dog training video because that's your business. But if I posted my adorable dog, you'd be like, why is she showing her dog right now? Because that's not my business. True. But let's say, for example, I'm going to take a real life example. So okay. I am a... Um, a big poker fan. I follow a few poker coaches, players, celebrities on various social platforms. Somehow I've been connected to a few people on LinkedIn as well. Just probably, you know, LinkedIn looking at somehow looking at my cookies or something. God knows how Mm -hmm. they do what they do. I've got a poker coach that I'm linked to on LinkedIn and he's posting the same poker coaching, like poker strategy videos, like how to videos Uh on LinkedIn. And to me, that's such a disconnect. Like I'm never gonna watch that video at that time because I'm not in that frame of mind where I've come to consume that kind of content. And that could be just me, but I'm thinking while I'm on LinkedIn, I'm kind of strictly business. Yeah. I get what you're saying, but I think you also have to remember you're not his only audience. Yeah. Of course. So is he doing that? And it's keeping him top of mind to other people who then go, Oh, you want to play poker? Oh, I got a poker coach. Yeah. Oh, true. you should talk to that. Sometimes it's not so much about the content, but just reminding people that you're the expert at that thing. Yeah. And also he's the only person doing that. So, you know, his, right. his market is absolutely wide open. I want to come back to something you said a second ago, which was kind yeah. of keeping it professional. Yes. And there's a kind of a, a, a rising trend, which is, a piece of my heart 
dies every time I see it. And it's, <laughs> and it's LinkedIn becoming like a home for like meme videos and videos that have got nothing to do with business. Uh, sometimes there'll be kind of a shoehorned message in there about like, oh yeah, teamwork or, you know, <laughs> positive, positive attitudes, but you know, it's just an excuse to show, you know, a trick, yeah. Or like a cute dog or something or a yeah. cute kid doing something. And it's really just engagement bait, you know, yeah. what do you think about that? And do you, do you see, I, you know, because it's, LinkedIn is not a topic that I get to speak about with many people yeah. uh, apart from <laughs> you and Carlos, who is are definitely on the same side as me as hating this kind of LinkedIn, you know, wild west. like you said, it's the wild west. So there's no copyright protection. People are just outright stealing each other's videos from other platforms. Yeah. Which that hurts not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think about that kind of trend and that, that kind of uh, strategy of just, getting any kind of engagement for engagement's sake. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a dumb thing to do because this is the professional platform, right? This is your professional reputation. It's kind of interesting that there are people going that route when there are so many others I know who are scared to post anything because well, my boss will see it or that person I worked with yeah. three years ago will see it. And I don't want them to think this or that of me. And yet you've got these people being like, let me post this stupid meme and try to shoehorn it into something. Right. So I think there is something of realizing you need to be professional. However, I think if something's authentic, it goes to every platform, right? If it's authentic and it's in, in this case and professional or related to the work world, that's okay. I experimented and took a vi- or took a picture, just a picture of magazines on like a chair by the pool and wrote a whole f- post with it saying, you know, I took a day off. I need a day off. I've been going too hard and just want to remind you to, you need to take a day. This is why it sounds very like fluffy, but it was genuine. It was, Hey, let's have this conversation of how do you relax. What do you do to stop? And it was a very different picture in the feed. Most pictures are me in an office in some place, right? Uh, So it made people stop and it had good engagement because it was authentic. Now, if I was posting stuff like that all the time, it would be like, what is she doing on this platform? This is not what this is for, right? So I think it really comes down to authenticity as kind of trite as that sounds, but it has to be real. Don't just post something just to post it. Yeah. And this is probably leads me quite nicely onto my biggest question. And it's definitely a personal, (laughs) it's definitely a a problem that I struggle with and probably why I don't post so much and is absolutely a epidemic across LinkedIn is how do you post regularly without it being overly promotional? Because every time I seem to post, and I'm really thinking about this now, it's probably because I've got something to promote. And when other people post, it's because they've won an award yeah. or they're going to be speaking at a conference or they've got a new episode of their podcast out. And I'm speaking about myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also about pretty much everyone on LinkedIn. How do you go about coming up with a content strategy where it's not just this is good news about me and my team this week 
So a couple of things. Really low-hanging fruit is share what other people have posted. You're, you're on the platform. You're reading what other people have done. If there's something you agree with, if they post an article you like, or if you're on some other platform, you know, or website and you see an article that you think is related and relevant to what you do, post that and share your thoughts with it. And that's just an easy win. I think also people count out engaging and discussing in the comments on other people's posts can be just as powerful as posting your own content. Are you going to see the analytics on it? No, but it's still going to get your name out there and in front of a new group of people. So those are two easy things that aren't as much strategy, but just really quick wins. And then as for content, I think different things work for different people. Maybe you think through one thing you want to talk about and give a tip on that every Tuesday. That's something I do. So it might be like, hey, every Tuesday, I'm going to have a one-minute video giving one tip only on how to optimize, like one thing you can do to optimize your YouTube channel. Yeah, You'd have content for three years, Tom. Like, <laughs> You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It doesn't have to be everything. Also, repurpose, repurpose, repurpose. Like take things, especially for those of you who are listening, who have, who have been at this while, you probably have all this content on other platforms. That's just, you haven't been using LinkedIn. So take that and divide it up, splice it into smaller videos or splice it into smaller videos and posts and just a picture in a post and post it three different places over, you know, three different times on LinkedIn over three weeks in those different forms and you've got content. So I think that's a huge one is a lot of people I've talked to go, Oh, I have three years of blog posts. Great. Copy paste them. (laughs) You've got content, you know? Yeah. I would take your talks and divide it up into shorter pieces. Yeah. I think I'm just, uh, probably been making so many excuses not to do it in the past that uh, I think you've inspired me and you've probably inspired a hell of a lot of our audience um, as well. Just before you go, I just want to ask for maybe one last bit of inspiration for our audience. What has been active on LinkedIn meant for you and your career and your business and what opportunities has it, has it brung you that, or brought you, should I say, uh, <laughs> that you think could bring to, uh, to to our audience here on Video Insiders? Yeah, just the exposure on LinkedIn, the interesting people you get to talk to, just the connections you can make is incredible to me. Um, we didn't talk about it before, but my background is in film and television. And I always think 10 years ago, even, if you wanted to get in television and you lived in Iowa, you had to get on a bus or a plane, move to Hollywood, and hope and pray and and try to meet people to help you get in that industry. Now, if you're a kid in Iowa, you can find people on LinkedIn working in the industry, build relationships, and have that job or have a network of people to reach out to before you even get to LA. Like That's incredible to me. And so that is something that I've just been fascinated by of the people that I can admire and just automatically reach out to on LinkedIn. 
and say, Hey, I love what you do. I'd love to connect. And then we're having messages and conversations back and forth. That's incredible. Um, and then in terms of business, it has gotten me found for opportunities I did not have before. I was asked to speak um, twice this week. I was already asked to speak at two different events coming up in the next couple of months. And people reach out often and say, Hey, saw you're doing this on the platform. Could you come speak to our group? Like those opportunities are finding me. I haven't pitched. They're just coming. And I've heard that that's not just myself. That's what I've heard from a lot of people. And I would encourage people, that's another thing to think about. If you don't think LinkedIn is the platform for the core of your business. So similar, your poker coach would be a great example of this. He might be posting those videos just to establish himself as an expert. Mm -hmm. So when some conference comes around, people think of him to come speak. So I talk about it as like, What's it is LinkedIn the place where you talk about your business adjacent work? Like maybe your main gig isn't speaking, but you want to get some speaking opportunities for what you do. Use LinkedIn as the place to establish your credibility because the decision makers are on LinkedIn and will find you. Or maybe it's to write for, you know, Forbes or other websites, start posting content on LinkedIn. So people start giving you the opportunity to write or be a guest or etc. So just in that way, I have found LinkedIn to be huge. And those opportunities are not coming on Instagram. Or YouTube. That is such a great way to wrap up our interview. <laughs> I'm absolutely inspired to pimp up my profile <laughs> to really start getting into video on LinkedIn. I think that could be huge for me and huge for many of our audiences. Of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. Search for, I think I'm Thomas with an H uh, on LinkedIn. Of course, you can find Cassandra absolutely bossing it on LinkedIn, Cassandra Thompson. Uh, Carlos, uh, you won't find him because his surname is too hard to spell. <laughs> um, but, but if you're connected to me, you'll find Carlos too. Uh, how else can we hear from you and find out what you're doing, uh, Cassandra? Yeah. So please connect with me on LinkedIn. My um, backslash on it is just Cass Thompson. And then I put out videos about LinkedIn, utilizing the platform, setting up your profile um, on YouTube every week. And that's at Cass Thompson career advice. So if you're on YouTube and you look up Cass Thompson career advice, it will come up. And those are the easiest ways. And congratulations, uh, Cassandra for just passing 15,000 subscribers. I know that was a lot smaller number when we first met last year at vid summit. Yes, yes, it was. So thank you. It's been fun to see the growth there. And um, I look forward to hopefully catching up at Vid Summit in a few weeks uh, as we record this. Thank you so much for your time and hope to speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, that was an awesome discussion. Um, it didn't convince me. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, like as somebody who works in marketing audiences and all that sort of stuff, like a lot of the campaigns I use, the paid media, LinkedIn is very valuable. You get that audience that's like more affluent and more, you know, uh, about business and, and like, you know, people that are not just... I don't know, just like looking on the internet to, to pass time. There are people that are trying to, you know, connect with the right people and build their own businesses. And, you know, entrepreneurial people are highly valuable people as well. So it is a valuable platform. 
in my opinion. I think that the tactics over the last year or so that, you know, by letting anybody upload video and whatever types of video they upload and the system having a little bit more of a Facebook way of like treating video, that it, it makes it so that the content being uploaded isn't usually valuable. Yeah. I, well, first of all, thank you, Cass, for that amazing interview. <laughs> Sorry, Carlos is really uh, yeah, opinionated def- about this at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I agree wholeheartedly. I do think, uh, like I said at the start, pound for pound in terms of reach, I think it's unrivaled, you know, especially on organic terms, mm-hmm. that because it's, I just think there's so little amount of content being created that you don't even have to create content to really get in front of people. You just need to comment on somebody else's uh, work and you can easily start to really get noticed. You know, when I log on, I see the same people again and again because they're just prolific mm-hmm. and consistent. And the people that I'm following, and I've got tons and tons and tons of connections on LinkedIn because nobody else is creating content. It just rises to the top. And uh, so that's great. If you're trying to get reach, the opposite side of that is there's not that much cream that's mm-hmm. rising to the top because there's just not yeah. that much cream. So it just definitely has become a place to put kind of reach bait and engagement bait. And it's not, it's not business related video and they're just kind of crowbarring in these bits of text to make it kind of seem relevant to the kind of business conversation. But they're just viral videos want to be viral just to get like, yeah, they're videos that have been viral on other platforms and have been ripped across. Uh, yeah, exactly. And there's a, a ridiculous amount of freebooting on it. Right. So that to me, as soon as there's freebooting, you lost me. Yeah. There's not a lot of original LinkedIn content apart from people like, uh, Cassandra and a few other kind of similar LinkedIn experts mm-hmm. talking about LinkedIn. And then there's a lot of people that are going live now, or there's not a lot of people, but a lot of the, of the reach, a lot of my feed is taken up by live or X live video. So, so I think it's fertile ground. I think I'm going to also try and get Cass back on the phone for some more, uh, offline advice, because I really do think for me, post vid summit in a world where I think I need to be a lot more proactive in finding new clients. I think LinkedIn could be very, very fertile ground and would definitely be fertile ground for a lot of people um, listening to this. Yeah. Let us know at video insiders on social. Hello at video insiders.fm on the email. Let us know what your plans are for LinkedIn. Are you already kind of crushing it? on LinkedIn, uh, what's working for you, what your pet peeves, just get in touch. Let us, let us know what you think the state of video is on LinkedIn. Uh, I want to add uh, additionally here, and this is a little bit of a humble brag, but you know, my wife's a LinkedIn influencer. Oh, really? Really? She's got, uh, I think she's got about 220,000 people following her on LinkedIn. What? Yeah, dude, like you didn't ask me, you didn't let me chime into this one, but uh, essentially oh, wow. uh, she's been creating content on LinkedIn for years. And about a couple of years ago when she was doing YouTube videos, she would put them on LinkedIn and they blew up because her content wasn't about, you know, eyeliner or stuff like that was it was business advice it was about you know uh you know optimizing your marketing and all that sort of stuff and that was super relevant on on linkedin and you know they got a lot of traction 
Is she still prolific in content creation? No, I mean, uh, that's the thing. It's a little bit of the thing that happens is like, you know, at the time she was freelancing and doing, you know, had some client work. But, you know, once the agency got going and we got really busy, you know, the content creation sort of like fell to the wayside and we focused more on our podcasts. And the way she uses it now is that she'll write a nice long blog post when there's a new podcast that's being uploaded. And uh, what that usually happens is because the blog post is super, you know, it's not just like, hey, we'll listen to our podcast. It's like an explanation of what we're discussing and all that sort of stuff. And and her point of view, it gets a significant amount of traction in terms of like comments and people liking and and checking out the podcast. Yeah. And I definitely think it would be good to have... You're much, much, much better off (laughs) on the podcast one day. Um, For people that don't know the good lady Tara, can you just give us, you know, a very quick elevator pitch about her and her background and where people can find out more about her. So uh, my wife's name is uh, Tara Hunt. Many, many years ago, before even called social media, she wrote a book called The Woofy Factor. And it was about social media and how it's going to change the world and how people are communicating differently. So she's always been super passionate about communities, about online communities and how to how to work with them and how to build relationships online. And she was one of the pioneers in this space. And uh, over the years, she's always had, uh, you know, business and clients. And then um, she used to speak for a living. She used to do keynotes and all that sort of stuff. She's an amazing speaker. Between four and four and five years ago, we had moved to the city and she had found a job and the job didn't really work out. And then when she left the job, she decided to create YouTube videos. And she did YouTube videos very much based on what she's passionate about, about building communities, about how to really use the internet to build your your following, to build a brand, to how, how you should think about digital marketing and all that sort of stuff. And she hit it off. Like her channel didn't grow into, you know, 200,000. I think she's about to hit 10,000 even many years later. But because her content was very focused, it brought in much more adult conversations. It's not the kids who are wanting to look for the latest prank that came to the channel. It's people who run businesses and entrepreneurial people who would come to the channel. And what ended up happening is that we got clients and then clients came to us and uh, she would post again, the videos on LinkedIn as well. And obviously there's a lot of baggage in that stuff. There's a lot of history and she's, she's, she's brilliant in her work, but that effort to using LinkedIn brought in clients and not, not a sponsorship client. Now these are clients that became long-term clients for the agency and, you know, spent a lot of money with us to build their strategies with them. So yeah, that's a little bit of the history of how she used video. And yet you're still skeptical on LinkedIn after what you just said? <laughs> I am not. Hold, hold on. I am not skeptical on the value of the audience. I am skeptical on the on the quality of content that's being put on it. That's being you know, like the, the crap that's yeah. filling the, the feed, be it your your freebooted content, be it your 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 wannabe Gary V out there just running and giving me their life advice. I don't need your life advice while you're you're on the toilet or while you're you're running. You know, like that's literally it's a trope when it comes to videos on LinkedIn. Anyways, to me, that says even more green, green light to come on and be the hero that's got something to say that's worthwhile on the feed, be the voice that's different, be the voice that's actually got something worth. Yeah, there is an opportunity. 
here's the thing. There's an opportunity to be, to bring in quality content. There's not a lot of quality content out in there on it. And the problem is, is that people are more interested in building their popularity than giving out beneficial content or creating beneficial content. But anyways, it's an interesting platform. Also, you have to understand it's, it's an algorithm, right? It's a bad algorithm. It's like Facebook's like a second cousin, you know, from, you know, two relatives who, you know, <laughs> got married or something when it comes to an algorithm but like no but because I, i'm opinion i'm i'm i don't have an opinion about this because it's like you know again you'll create a video it might do well for a, a, a day or two and then it'll completely disappear you'll never find that piece of content again nobody's gonna find that piece of content again and it's exactly like facebook to me the value of that is very much for my pure marketing perspective that doesn't build upon anything much more than just like a quick thing. And then because of the way we work and, and how we advise with, con- with content creators is to build content that can make yeah, you money yeah. for years and years and build maybe even, you know, give you leads for years and years. And, you know, with social platforms, you're forced to, in a way, constantly be almost resharing it and reusing it. And that's just a different way of using it. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, as we said in the conversation, as I said in the conversation with Cass, the actual platform and the tools that is given to especially video creators on the platform are basic to to be very, very flattering is to say (laughs) that they're basic. So hopefully, (laughs) as time goes by, there will be, you know, uh, a higher element of evergreen and a place for people to go and kind of search for and digest video as a thing on LinkedIn. But for now, yeah, it's definitely Facebook feed based blink and you miss it. So, um, but yeah, well, watch this space for potentially Tom Martin and channel fuel, um, doing some stuff on LinkedIn. What that looks like. I'm good. not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm a bit rusty in front of camera. That's for sure. Thanks again. Huge, huge thanks to Cassandra Thompson. Please go and check her out on all of her socials. And of course, make sure you add her on LinkedIn and tell her the video insiders sent you. Awesome. If you enjoyed this opinionated podcast, uh, you can please subscribe on whatever podcast app that you use. And if you uh, have any opinions or you know want to give us a nice, nice you have to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> uh, that would be much appreciated because Apple Podcasts is where it counts. And we cannot say goodbye to you guys without first saying thank you to our incredible sponsors, TubeBuddy. And remember, you can get an exclusive Video Insiders discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. And we will speak to you guys in a couple of weeks. Have a good one. Bye.